Hello, Bill. Good morning, Matt. Welcome to the DMZ, a uh, bleary-eyed, uh, unshaven DMZ this morning. Yeah, I was up till four working on my debate takes. I'm definitely not on my A game right now. Uh, I made it to bed a little bit earlier than you, but I'm also not on my A game. Um, but it was I would say it was a little bit tough to have. So my take, my take ended up being uh, that Vivek is the most hated man amongst his colleagues. Um, and and then simultaneously I had sort of a subtake, which was that Trump uh, didn't dominate the way that we thought he might. It was more Vivek, or I'm sorry, Vivek. It's like cake. V- Vivek the fake. Let's thank uh, the Never Back Down Super Pack for helping us know how to pronounce his first name. That is how either way, cake or fake, you know, your your mnemonic device is 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 fine. Uh, that was my take. So I, but what happens is in a political debate, if you have to write about it, sort of like I assume writing about a sporting event. At a certain point, if you're like me and you don't want to stay up till 4 a.m., you say, okay, I think this is going to be the narrative. I think this is what I'm going to write about. Now, it could change, but you might start basically after the first hour and a half, you could start writing your piece uh, unless something changes. That was hard to do during this debate because I, I didn't think there was a there was a bunch of stuff happening. What, was, what did you end up, what was your final take? My final take was that uh, try how to put it in a, in a in a sentence or two. Um, we basically saw how the party is conflicted and submissive regarding Trump uh, because you had the one question. Uh, did Pence do the right thing? Yeah. And they all, in one way or another, said yes, with the exception of Vivek, who didn't answer it directly. But then in that section, put in, we should, I'm, I'm going to promise to pardon Trump. And he was the only one to do that. Uh, then you have the question of, well, if Trump's convicted of a felony, are you still going to support him? And they almost all said yes to that, with the exception of Christie and H- Asa Hutchinson. So you have, Five of the eight saying both things. Pence did the right thing. I'll still support Trump if he's convicted of crimes. Uh, and and I think alongside of that, the most pointed substantive debate on an issue, uh, on a policy issue, was Ukraine. Uh, and Vivek really the only one fully siding with Trump and the America First vision, ready to, to cut and run with Ukraine. Like, to say that was sort of half there, but he was like, well, if you, we just need Europe to step up. And Vic's like, just screw Ukraine. Like, we shouldn't be there. Um, and so you had all these other, and you had Christie and Pence and Haley all really laying into Vivek on that. Yeah. And by the way, not only laying into him, and I, I think Mike Pence and Nikki Haley both impressed me last night. So I, you know, Christie did what I thought Christie would do. Um, DeSantis, I think, did fine, but certainly not to the level you would want the second place person to uh, to perform. I thought Mike Pence and Nikki Haley 
did really well. And I'll tell you what helped them, interestingly, Bill. It was the audience, the crowd. There were like 5,000 people there. And the crowd was not against Pence or Nikki Haley. And I think that, you know, if you start talking and you get jeered and booed, that has a psychological effect. You might start to pull your punches. Nikki Haley and Mike Pence, who were, I think, and, and Chris Christie, carrying the banner of what we might call Reagan Republicanism or main sort of traditional Republicanism, they were getting their fair share of, of applause for what they were saying, which was, we need to defend Ukraine. I, I probably good for their um, performances and, the, the, and, and, and their morale, but I assume they all got their people and they all had enough tickets to spread around so somebody would cheer. They wouldn't feel all alone up there. Christie got booed, more booze for, I can't think of a time a presidential candidate got so booed at a, in front of a hometown crowd, you know, politically speaking. Uh, so there were- I, I have to say, I, I mean, I did not uh, notice that. I know there were a couple, there were a couple occasions where I they might- better to stop the show at one point, tell them to settle down they're booing Christie so much. I, I Look, I felt the moderators were a little bit too- uptight about losing. They were very afraid of losing control, Brett Barron, Martha McCallum. Uh, I thought unneeded. Uh, there were times where Christie would say something and the audience might jeer and then he would say something else and they would applaud. And so I didn't feel like they uh, ever turned against him. That's just my interpretation. But I, I may have missed something as well. It's possible. Well, you know, it, it, it's always it's always hard to process everything that's going on when you're trying to think, you're trying to watch things. And let's be honest, I was drinking very heavily. <laughs> So just to get back to the Ukraine part, I mean, here you have Pence and Haley saying to to Ramaswamy that you're in league with a murderous dictator. I mean, Haley flat out says uh, you you're side with a murderer over a pro-American country. Uh, you don't you don't know you have no foreign policy experience that it shows. His positions are basically literally, literally the day of the debate. This guy Prigozhin from the Wagner Group, right? His plane mysteriously crashes. You know, right. two months after he led a coup against, and a failed coup, an aborted coup against Putin. Uh, it does look a little suspicious. But Ramaswamy's view is basically the same as Trump's, and you don't see Pence or Haley being that pointed in regards to Trump. I mean, I'm sure they've said some things over the course of this campaign, but at the end of the day, as they signaled in the debate, they will vote for him. And, and, and the fact they can be so loudly hawkish when talking about Ukraine and yet so quietly supportive. They can't say the words. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to support Trump, but, but that's what I'm going to do. I, I think that sums up yeah. the conflicted nature of the party right now, but conflict, I totally agree with the Hawks accepting their meek junior position. I totally agree, but this could be good news because we already know that Trump has dominated the party and that everyone is afraid to criticize Trump. So that's not new information. What we might have learned, and I, I think we'll have to see how this plays out, but it, it, it may be the case that that although Donald Trump is dominant, that Trumpism and the MAGA ideology isn't as mainstream as Vivek and Trump think, right? Trump can talk about it. Trump can sell it because 
voters love Trump and they will reverse engineer their ideology uh, to fit Trump's. But once Trump is out of the picture, which at some point we have to assume he will be, maybe there's hope that that Reagan Republicanism, peace through strength, all that stuff still is, is still latent. latent. Well, the just uh, I think this came out yesterday, but it's taken very recently the, the the most recent Economist YouGov poll, and they asked in that should we increase funding for Ukraine, maintain funding, or decrease funding? So, and the, and the, and you can see the cross tabs: Democrat, Independent, Republican. So for Democrats, maintain or increase, which to my read is a that's a status quo position. 78% and decrease was 11%. For Republicans, maintain or increase 37% and decrease 45%. So fairly evenly divided, slight edge towards the American firster. So on one hand, you're right, like the Reaganites are there, but Vivek and Trump are on the slight majority or plurality position of the party as it stands, and the other wing isn't doing very much to turn those tables. Yeah. Now, my theory, or at least one theory, is that Donald Trump, because we we saw this poll, or not a poll, I saw this somewhere, you tell me, the New Yorker somewhere, um, where if, if, if you said to Republican voters, um, do you oppose the COVID shutdowns? They all say yes, they were horrible. Yeah. Then if you say, do you oppose the Trump COVID shutdowns? No, they were great, right? Right. So I do think there's a thing where they're for what Trump's for. And so if Trump is America first, they're America first. And it does make me wonder if um if this populist nationalist America first turn only survives as long as Trump is leading it. Could someone else like Vivek inherit that mantle at some point? Probably not this year. But that's clearly, I think, what Vivek is doing. I mean, here, you know, I wrote uh, about DeSantis in April when I suggested he shouldn't run, that, you know, Either I mean, there's, there's there's sort of three choices here of what could go forth. One, this is just this is Trump's party. It's going to be Trump. Uh, this is a Trumpist party, but not necessarily committed to Trump as a person, uh, which is the path that DeSantis took or tried to take. Uh, or this is an unsettled party ideologically, and there's room to persuade people to not be Trump or Trumpist, uh, and. Vivek is making a bet, in my opinion, that this is a Trumpist party. And I highly doubt he believes he's going to supplant Trump, but he is positioning himself to succeed yeah. Trump. And very VP. He's arguing we need a younger, we need generational change, we need a younger vessel for this, and also a more I think he played a little identity politics last night about diversity and all that as well. I picked up on that a little bit. Um, Bill, when I, to me, it was very clear that Vivek um, 
is hated by everyone on stage. Yeah. Partly because he claimed that they were all bought and sold. You know, oh, yeah. that they were all... and, he, and he was and he was booed for that. I mean, there's there a little bit of confusion. Was he being booed for that or the climate change comment? I think it was very much the bought and paid for comment. This is not a this is not an environmental audience that they were talking to. Um, there were enough uh, supporters of everybody else to take offense to that and boo. I've been impressed by Vivek's um, style previously. Now, look, I, I've always disagreed with. I've always thought like he lacks wisdom and and he's he's a panderer. But I previously I thought he was a very good communicator. Last night he really turned me off. He he seemed incredibly phony incredibly scripted. He had this like, I think shit-eating grin is the only appropriate description of the way that he just, he, he oozed smarminess. I found him incredibly oleaginous and repulsive. And how did you feel about Donald Trump in 2015? Well, that's my point, Bill. <laughs> um, that is my point. Um, it may be that I'm completely out of touch with the Republican base, and he may go up in the polls. I mean, look, well, he, I mean you're, I mean, you're he literally dominate. not the Republican voter. You're a, you're a never Trumper, so you you we can't use you as the weather vane. Vivek actually was second in terms of the amount of time he was able to speak. Uh, but having said that, I think he was the center of the discussion. So, and DeSantis uh, very much not. DeSantis really wasn't. He almost like a bystander through much of the debate because I think it's all, I don't know if it was planned, but I feel like everyone sort of instinctually realized that you can attack Vivek and get that friction, get that attention, and all it does is sap DeSantis's oxygen and they could, they could finish him off without really engaging him. And no one really turned on DeSantis and like laid into him about anything. They just let him, they just ignored him for the most part. Yeah, which might have been the worst thing you could do to DeSantis, right? I mean, I think the expectation was that he would be the center of the debate. He's literally in the center of the stage based on his polling. He's in second place nationally. We all assumed that DeSantis would become a target. He did not. Now, I think DeSantis was okay. He didn't fall in the orchestra pit. He had some okay lines. He did well, but he was sort of an afterthought, as you said. Um, I'm not sure, though, that it was a strategy to go after Vivek. I think Vivek provoked that. Yeah, it might I think he did that Yeah. Uh, now, Trump said on Truth Social a few days ago that let him debate, and, I, and uh, uh, maybe I'll find my VP, something like that. Um, and really, you know, only Vivek seemed to apply for the position. He's the only one who didn't yeah. embrace Pence on January 6th. He said he was he would pardon Trump. He said Trump was the best president of the 21st century. I mean, even the folks who raised their hands said, okay, I'll vote for Trump. No one else like took the opportunity to say, oh, here's all the awesome things that Trump did. Well, and, and Nikki Haley was the only per- I don't even think she mentioned it by name, but Trump was not even invoked by name for the first hour. But Nikki uh, Haley Pence said a couple of things. Pence well, did a Nikki little, Haley like, early on went after Trump for spending for yes. the debt and the deficit. Yes. So she's not running for vice president. It would seem not. Uh, and you know, maybe you know, Tim Scott didn't disqualify himself for it. Uh, but 
Vivek was, I mean, I know he doesn't say he's running for vice president. He says he wouldn't take it, but everybody says that at this stage of the game. Yeah. He seemed hungry to be seen as simpatico with Trump. Now, I can't be a Trump mind reader. Like, is Vivek too showboaty to, for Trump to feel like he's going to, you know, handle being the number two person on their team? Uh, but I felt like this, this was, to the extent that, this was a VP job interview. I think Vivek aced that test. Yeah, I, I think Vivek is a uh, a total panderer, and I think he would be a obsequious and loyal vice president. Um, I think he would reverse any position he has, <laughs> and Mister Trump would be right about it all. And um, so I think he would be a good little lieutenant for Donald Trump. And I'm sure when so, the time comes, that's exactly what he will say to Trump. Yes, sir. Uh, with their face to face. So Trump, I don't think it was a great night for Trump. People, I've seen people disagree. Um, but I think what Trump wanted to do was A, counter-program the debate with that interview with Tucker Carlson. Now, look, I thought they put out a trailer that looked amazing. It was like a, like a movie trailer. Um and it was smart that they started the Tucker Carlson Twitter interview at 8.55, literally five minutes before the Republican primary debate started. But I haven't heard much that came out of it. So I feel like that, unless I'm missing something, I haven't even seen it yet. It must have not lived up to expectations. He, as, we're, as we're speaking uh, today on Thursday, Trump is going to surrender himself in Georgia. So that will obviously soak up a lot of the attention, um, specifically on networks that do not want to talk about a debate that they did not host. Um, but the but I think Trump also thought he would dominate the debate in absentia, that he didn't have to be at the debate. He would still loom large. And he really wasn't. Donald Trump, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not saying he was forgotten. We, you've already referenced uh, occasions where he, he, but the first hour of the debate, he really wasn't that prominent. Well, the moderators didn't ask any Trump questions in the first hour of the debate. The candidates didn't go out of their way to reference Trump, except for like, for a couple of, you know, Pence did a couple of, like what we did in, in our administration lines and Haley had her, her comment about, about debt. Then you have the Trump section uh, and then they they moved on from it. But I don't think anybody up, upset the trajectory of the race, which is Trump coasting uh, and Trump gets goes to you know, get uh, processed in Fulton County today and get his mugshot and whatnot, I assume. And we'll be back talking about Trump soon enough. So I, yeah. I, I think this is still Trump's party and the debate doesn't really change that fact. And I, I want to apologize, Matt, because I screwed up something on my, on my schedule and I double booked myself and I got to be somewhere now. That's OK. You know what? We've given the people plenty. Uh, we'll be back next week. We've got more to say. So stay tuned. All right. Thanks, Matt.